Hello, and welcome to Anime Audio Commentary. Today I'll be commenting on episode 4 of Spy Family Season 2. If you'd like to watch along, then start watching now. So right away, we start with uh, a little bit of folklore for want of a better term. You know, the pastry of knowledge made by a secret pastry chef who shows up on a whim and blah 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 blah. The interesting bit is that this pastry confers knowledge, so no doubt all the students are uh, definitely going to want to get their hands on it. So I think this is a pretty good uh, encapsulation of Anya and what she's all about. You know, they're very clearly playing dolls here, but Anya is dead set on injecting science fiction into everything. You know, she really doesn't get it. And to some degree, that's not her fault, you know. Lest we forget, Anya is younger than her peers here. But... Um, you know, I guess it's just one of those skills, you know, you have to learn which battles to fight and which to relent on. This might be something that I might not be wise to, uh, cause a fuss. So that's a bit of an unfortunate realization for Anya. You know, if she doesn't keep her grades up, she and Becky might not be in the same classes anymore. And... When you're in an Anya situation and you have few friends, that's uh, not good. So I'd imagine this is where the pastry of knowledge comes into play here. Naturally, Anya's going to want to get her hand on it. I mean, everyone will, but Anya has a special reason now. So that's interesting too, you know, they claim that this baker was formerly a royal chef, which implies there is some sort of monarchy or something like that at some point. And, you know, I guess it makes sense to a degree, seeing as how this is basically, uh, like, 60s Cold War Europe. <laughs> 
Yeah, you know, uh, something tells me that despite the importance of this whole thing, maybe, uh, maybe they shouldn't be running in the hallways. I believe, uh, Mr. Henderson would deem that as inelegant behavior. And you know, if it weren't bad enough that Anya and Becky both wanted to get their hands on the pastry of knowledge, Damien has a pretty good reason too. I don't recall exactly how much we're aware of at this point, but there is definitely a significant amount of weight on his shoulders. So George, this poor hapless character, you know, he's a guy that uh, everybody has reason to not really like all that much. You know, he hasn't exactly ingratiated himself to his fellow students, but, you know, maybe, uh, maybe he now has the opportunity to make amends. I guess the big problem here is that there are five macaroons and six people, meaning somebody's got to lose out here. And no doubt nobody wants to be the loser, so uh, there's got to be some form of intense competition here. And when you're a kid, you know, there's only so many forms of competition open to you. In this case, old maid. You know, uh, at the school I went to, rock, paper, scissors probably would have been the game of choice, but uh, this being a posh upper-class school, I guess it makes sense that they would play like a card game or something. Something that has a little bit more skill to it than rock, paper, scissors. Although I think uh, the underlying skills are probably the same, you know, bluffing and fainting and all that. You know, you want to bluff so as not to be stuck with the old maid and you want to uh, misdirect your opponents. Of course, given that Anya can read minds, I feel like uh, she has an inherent advantage even if she doesn't necessarily understand the point of the game. You know, giving away what card she's holding. So it's interesting that Damien's already uh, displaying a fair amount of understanding of the game, you know. If you sort of adjust how you're holding your cards, you can sort of force your opponent to pick the one you want them to pick. It's unfortunate that uh, that's singularly unhelpful with Anya, who can read minds. Now, it is interesting that everybody uh, immediately jumps to cheating, which, in a sense, is kind of true, but what, uh, what could they possibly come up with as her method of cheating? I mean, Damien, uh, he's closer on the money more than he realizes, but, uh, I don't know. How would you cheat at Old Maid, really, unless you have, like, mirrors or some sort of reflective surface? Now, I get the distinct feeling that Anya's going to take things too far. You know, she doesn't necessarily need to lose to prove she's not a cheater. You know, she just has to win a little less convincingly. And I guess to that end, she uh, deliberately picks the Joker. You know, I feel like she didn't necessarily need to do that. And at the same time, you know, if she's, uh... 
If she's not going to cheat, I feel like she doesn't have the requisite skills to, to pass the Joker off onto Damien. You know. I feel like she's going to give a lot away with her facial expressions more than anything else. Yep. She doesn't have a very good poker face, and, uh... Unfortunately, Damien is savvy enough to know, uh... That, uh, you know, picking a specific card would work best for him. Of course, Anya misunderstands, you know, it's not that he can read minds, it's that he knows how to play the game. Alright, so now things are really interesting. You know, it's all come down to the final card. Now, I'd imagine that this is a test of character more than anything else, you know. Anya... I mean, she can't cheat her way out of this, necessarily. But if Damien, for whatever reason, screws up, you know, she can win. It's interesting, uh... Weighing up the motivations, because she really uh, just wants to spend more time with her friend. And Damien, at the same time, he does... You know, he wants to uh, improve and be an Imperial Scholar and all that, but at the same time... You know, we're seeing things through Damien Vision again. The poor guy doesn't stand a chance. And I guess, to his credit, you know, he loses on purpose. Now, his friends, uh, they don't quite understand. And, you know, I guess it's understandable at that age. But Anya, to her credit, you know, she's willing to split with him. I mean, the poor guy, he can't come to admit that, you know, that would be a nice thing to do. Yeah, you know, that's unfortunate. That might have been a nice thing to bury the hatchet and all that. But, uh... You know, I guess if nothing else, it's nice characterization for the two of them. Unfortunately, however, I don't think this little suite's going to make any of them more intelligent. You know, as it turns out, it's really just, uh, like a nice French pastry. Oh, dear. You know, Anya seems to have thanked it helped, but uh, in reality, it was unfortunately not the case. I mean, there's something to that, you know, placebos and all that. If you think you're smart and therefore you study, you might get better results than if you don't study. But uh, it's rather unfortunate that things turn out poorly in the end. Now, that's an interesting turn of phrase, you know, Anya's gonna go sulk in bed for a bit. That seems like a rather adult thing to say. But, at the same time, you know, Anya's grades aren't 
horrible, horrible, as Lloyd says, you know. Like, on this language test, it was mainly spelling that was an issue, and, uh... Frankly, I doubt I would fare much better, but, you know... I guess the idea is that she has the fundamentals correct, just not the spelling. Alright, so now we have some actual spy work. Lloyd has to go spy on like a new jet engine and see what's going on there. And this is actually some interesting stuff, because, uh, you know, things are in a cold war, so you don't really need fighter jets and bombers and air superiority and all that. However, if the hot war, or if the cold war, rather, were to spill over into a hot war, then, uh, you'd really like to know what sort of aircraft the enemy have. And that all aside, Frankie's dropping some interesting lore about the Garden. You know, a bunch of assassins and all that who kill people. And I don't think it's been confirmed yet, but, um... You know, that description kind of fits what Yor does. Even though I don't think she's ever been described as a Garden operative. So, you know, fighter jets and the garden aside, the most important thing that Frankie has going on is finding a lost cat for a girl. And you know what? If anybody needs a win, it's Frankie. You know, the poor guy. The poor guy doesn't have a lot going for him, and people don't really seem to appreciate him for his talents. Because, you know, as far as we've seen, he's a pretty decent informant, and he does invent things, too. You know, that's not nothing. James Bond needs Q around to help out. Although, unfortunately, I'm not sure, uh... how well his particular talents will go in helping him find a cat. You know, he has a whole list of informants, but, uh... You know, given that this whole thing is a cold war, they're more interested in military intelligence rather than cats. You know, I guess it would be something if they, uh mistook cat for like a code phrase for something else and that caused a big issue but uh no such luck i'm afraid so this is the wrinkle and perhaps you know it's a bit of foreshadowing to what i alluded to earlier you're being a garden operative you know the two of them they don't really tend to interact too much, and frankly, why would they? You know, insofar as why would anybody willingly spend time with Frankie, the poor guy? But you're, to her credit, she's willing to help find a lost cat even on her lunch break. Now that's an interesting turn of phrase, you know, that... She says spouse, then corrects herself to husband. I don't know. That, that just strikes me as kind of weird. It might be a weird translation. But Frankie is surprised that she's keeping up this whole husband and wife act. I mean, he would know that it's uh, kind of a farce, but he doesn't realize why precisely she's doing it. 
So unfortunately for Frankie, he has made this rather nice device, but he's, uh, I guess underestimated the inherent bellicosity of the average street cat. You know, lest we forget, cats are predators and there's not much between, like, an ordinary house cat that separates it from, like, uh, a large wild cat other than size, you know. Temperament and all that remains pretty much the same. You know, I have to say, there's something uh, strangely fascinating about seeing like a tiger play with the cardboard box and sit inside it and all that. But, you know, that really puts into perspective that sometimes like little stray cats can be rather unruly. You know, it's one of those things where it's like, this animal would gut you were it not for its small stature. And unfortunately for Frankie, he seems to have, uh, miscalculated a bit. Maybe, uh, saturating the whole area and catnip isn't a good idea if there's a whole bunch of feral cats running around. I mean, sure, it did ultimately attract the important cat in question, but, uh... I don't know, I feel like this is almost a parable. You know, technology pales in comparison to what nature can create. So this cat, even though he's just like a, a runaway house cat, he's able to basically just get the drop on Frankie at all times. Yeah, that cat definitely knows Frankie has ill intent. So, you know, that poor cat, I'm wondering um, what precisely he's up to, if he's just doing this for fun or what. You know, I'm reminded incongruously of that sort of trope where, like, uh... Like a fat elderly woman has like a poor shrill dog and she sort of drags it around on a leash and it'll take any opportunity it can to get away. Like I'm wondering if this is sort of the same thing with the cat here. I mean naturally the cat just wants to dunk on Frankie because you know why not but at the same time I feel like there's something else to play here. I mean, if nothing else, Frankie is taking this opportunity to show off all sorts of technology he's invented, but, uh... Wow. You know, I think, uh... To put things into perspective, that was either bolted down or, like, welded to the rest of the frame, and you're just tore that off. And, you know, I can only imagine that that was, like, the motor unit that supplies power to things. Motors are heavy. Now that poor kid, he probably had his life flash before his eyes, you know. I can't imagine anybody would fare much better with your bearing down on them like that. Man, I gotta feel bad for Frankie. Like, he, uh... He no doubt put a lot of work into that exoskeleton, and, uh... Like, it had to have 
costs a lot of time and money. And so that's destroyed, and now, uh, as is his habit, you know, this woman's not going to care anything about Frankie. In fact, you know, she has a boyfriend. So, you know, he did his good deed, but uh, as the saying goes, no good deed goes unpunished. I mean, you know, maybe he could, uh, if he was smart, you know, leverage this gratitude like, hey, do you have any single friends or something like that, but, uh, oh, the poor guy. He is kind of self-defeating in the end. Well, you know, at least everything worked out for your. You know, she helped somebody, she rescued a cat. All's well that ends well. Now, this is something of uh, a recurring theme where all of yours co-workers talk about her relationship with her husband and all that and say, like, you know, boy, isn't it nice that you're in a happy relationship? There's something about that that's a little irritating. You know, you can't be happy for a friend or a co-worker. It's kind of petty behavior. Man, you know, she really does lay it on thick from time to time. Like, oh, yes, no, Forger is my surname. I am married. So it's interesting that her boss here... He seems to be affiliated with her other job. I think it's also interesting that she would take like a real business call at work. It seems kind of dangerous to me. Alright, well that's it for this episode. If you've enjoyed it, then by all means, tune in for the next one. See you, Space Cowboy.